Hello and welcome to Two Nerds Sitting on a Couch, in which two nerds sit on a couch and discuss science fiction and fantasy. So here's the thing that's really going to bake your noodle. Would you have broken it? Fuck. <laughs> I'm not Wouldn't starting over. Have... Just start over. <laughs> here's the thing that's going to bark your noodle. Barf your narfle. <laughs> Would you have broken the vase? I don't even remember what the quote is. Yeah. It was in the Matrix. Yeah. And the idea was that she was like careful about the vase and it made him turn and he hit the vase and it hit the deck and smashed into a million pieces. And she was basically saying, you know, like, would you have done that if I hadn't warned you? And the idea is that like, no, you wouldn't have. But, you know, that's all part of causality. It's like once you once you start down a path that path continues to its end right and if you keep no going the way you're going you're going to end up where you're going by way of introduction for this um this little set of movies which was time lapse um which is a movie about a polaroid camera that fills a room and takes a picture of the future 24 hours into the future specifically or spoiler alert every 12 hours Mm. Uh, or 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. That it happens. Yes, I right. Anyway. And then um, also Time Crimes, which is a very um, nicely packaged little Spanish film about a man who witnesses some odd goings-on in his backyard, which culminates in the inevitable murder of a, of a person. Of and a person, there's, right. And like, and... At every step of the way, you you can see it unfolding, and you don't really understand how it got there until the end, and then you're like, it couldn't have gotten, it couldn't have ended any other way. Yeah. Um, and and you understand why, and so like the so the idea is that like these these this is treating time as and causality as as a sort of predestination that these things will happen, and the plot revolves around trying to understand why they happened. In the future, like right. why? Why is this future unfolding? Because you can't change the future; it's immutable. And mm-hmm. and so, unlike other, um, you know, like Back to the Future, where if he doesn't get his parents to kiss, he disappears, or, or but, hot, hot but, time machine, but, but, exactly but no, the same thing. But he like if he doesn't get his parents to kiss, he disappears. But kind of literally, everything else is up for grabs. Right. Like, it's not a situation where, you know, he goes back in time and then everything plays out the way he was told that it plays out. Like, the only thing that matters is this one thing and everything else can change. Whereas with these stories, you are given a series of events and then you see how those events become inevitable. Yes. And they there is no deviation. Right. Although Back to the Future is is much more mushy about it because I mean, realistically, his older brother's arm wouldn't start disappearing first. Like in what world does it make sense that there's most of his brother but part of an arm? You know, I mean like so there's there's some sort of continuum of of them existing and they disappear in order of birth, but he should have been the first one to disappear given that he's the last one to be born. But whatever, That's, whatever. We're I, talking I, I about Back like, to the Future. We're talking about time lapse, which I have some things to say about. Okay. So, um, speaking of the inevitability, the causality 
the immutability of time streams, right? So you have this camera that takes a picture and and they think it's every every night. So, you know, the first one shows up and they're like, oh, this is very weird. This is, you know, they see all the pictures of them and they realize that this, this is a camera taking pictures of them. But then when they see the picture of the party the next night, they realize that this is taking pictures of the future. Like, and then how can we exploit this? Let's, let's just back up for just two seconds, though. It's so, the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's the beginning of the movie, but let's just talk about our people, right? So we have... Uh, a, Finn. We have three roommates. There's Jasper. Finn, and Jasper, and Kelly. And Finn and Kelly are girlfriend and boyfriend. And... Spoiler alert. No. Kelly and Jasper are totally doing it. <sighs> You are making this suck. <laughs> so, um, and they're, they're like 20 somethings and Jasper and Finn are the absolute worst. <laughs> yeah. Kelly does the dishes and cleans the, I'm sure she cleans the toilet. I'm sure she cleans it. She, she does, does everything. literally everything she, in the house. She works really hard to maintain that relationship too. Yeah. I mean, to the point where she's like wasting the potential of a time machine to pass herself notes. Right. To, to herself, to like, reminding her to like be a better girlfriend. Yeah, it's so. Oh like, God, it's holy this is crap. This that's is, your problem. I mean, this but is, they each use they each use it in their own way, right? Okay, because, right. Anyway, so let let me just okay. finish. So, um, they uh, he, the boyfriend Finn Finn is clearly some sort of failed artist. Like our first scene that we see him in. Failing. He's a failing Actually, artist. Actually, he's, he's a building manager. He's a building manager. He's not ma- even right. an artist. No, 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 he's not. <laughs> because like the first scene we see, like his asshole roommate slash friend Jasper comes in and he's like, so see it's going about as well as yesterday. And he's like, Bleh. and it's like, they're, you know, and then they, they pan back and it's a blank, it's a blank canvas. He's yeah. been standing in front of a blank canvas for as long as anybody can remember. Yeah. And like, then he gets a call that he's got to go unplug a toilet. And then like some pepper pot tells him, just like, oh yeah, like my kid wants to be an artist. <laughs> and I told him that you had been in, like, you were a failed artist or whatever. Right. But it's just like, he's just like a, ugh, he's such a schlub. Anyway. And then Jasper is like all about fucking betting on greyhounds yeah and and doing all the drugs and doing all he the... does all of the drugs okay but they're so like movie drugs because it's like he totally has like your grandma's pillbox full of like Mot- it's just a random Motrin. yeah it's totally it's just like, like these are today's 100 pills <laughs> but they like some doesn't of them, matter when you take them they you were just have to clear, take them all the day they were at some point clearly like tylenol <laughs> like it was you know like the red yeah. and blue capsules I, I'm sure that some are of them, tylenol some of them were like glucosamine chondroitin yeah no i'm sure i'm, I'm and yeah. vitamin you're B. like dog drugs <laughs> yeah anyway but it's so it was totally like he's a movie drug addict right um anyway so they uh they go to check on a neighbor who is weirdly john reese davies who is never no in the movie lines. except for some pictures um, and, then, and then a desiccated corpse, which I'm pretty sure isn't him. Yeah. So, he, like, I wonder how much he got paid to be in, like, a photo. I'm sure it was a favor. A movie like that has to be a favor. No, you're right. Oh, I wonder if one of those people is his kid or something. I'm still wondering if Callie isn't somehow related to Heather Graham, because she looks just like she her. She doesn't have the, like, big, big blue eyes. No, that she's Heather missing Graham that, has. but she's got everything else. Anyway, so um, they go over there and they discover this, like, room-filling, like, uh, Polaroid camera. 
and then they figure out that it's taking pictures at 8 p.m. every night, and it's pointed into their apartment. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that they should be called, um, what was the guy's name? Bazinger? Oh, it was, yeah. Ben- I, I, I would have to look it up again. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty great name. <laughs> Can't think Biz- of it. Bizarities. Ooh, you're close. Bizarities, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, he would have called them bizarity types. Oh, bro. You know he would have. Yeah, he would have. Especially because he's John Reese Davies, so obviously. Right. Anyway, so you were you were raging on continue, right. please. They all they all exploit this <laughs> exploit. I, you can't hear my air quotes because they all exploit it the causality mm-hmm. in their own ways, right? Because um the because Finn wants to paint pictures and he's blocked, and then he sees that a picture has been painted, and so he paints that picture. Um then Jasper wants to win at race races, the Greyhound races. So he sees the you know posted like Greyhound he pin, races. yeah he pins up the winners. And Callie on just a wants piece to be a better girlfriend. Ugh. When the problem Girl, in that relationship some... is not her. Yeah. I mean, oh my god. I mean, she's trying to reignite a relationship with a guy who's having issues and what he really needs is therapy. And a good girlfriend would be like, dude, get some fucking therapy. Yeah, but you know. Okay, but there's no... She should have written a note on the window that was like, get some therapy, Finn. And or, then... or dump him and leave. Yeah, but I mean, that's not going to happen. I just don't. But I mean, and with the inevitable causality of time, hmm. as the seconds tick by... It all bites them in the ass. And it totally falls apart. And it turns out that they are not the ones creating the future. They are having their presence dictated by their future because of the causality. Mm. So because time is immutable, they can't escape the future. They just have to figure out why the fuck they would do those things. Like there's a picture of um, Callie and Jasper kissing in the window. And there's no good reason for that. It's just because it was in the picture. And so they stage it so that they do that. And that's the step. Like the second, the second that they saw that there was a painted picture there, they should have run for the hills and stopped looking at those pictures because they should have understood that they were locking themselves into a... And they should have understood that cosmically this means that time is immutable because that's kind of neat, but, you know, whatever. They didn't understand that at all. He, They should have just stopped and said, this is now going to dictate how we proceed because the of the inevitability of time, these events will unfold but this is and so okay, they started staging I, like, them but, but they I, ended up trying to like escape them and failing right but i i mean i feel like this is i said this earlier but like this is this is like the uh the story of oedipus rex in <laughs> yeah. in, in in like science fiction form yeah. because i mean that's it, it is like this is like quite literally the sort of uh you know foundational text of tragedy is that you are told you are going to do X, Y, Z. And then you do everything. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And you do everything (laughs) in your power to avoid your fate. And that sends you headlong into your fate. What's really going to bake your noodle is, would you have fucked your mother if I told you you were going to do it? (laughs) Right? Yes. and, and, and And I'm sure Oedipus Rex feels very much like that's, yeah. Yeah. totes um but 
yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is, <laughs> I mean, I'm being kind of flippant, but there is a, there is a, like, this is all completely made out of dramatic irony. <laughs> like, it is right. 100% dramatic irony. Right, because, like, what if we absolutely knew for a certainty the future, mm-hmm. like, w- you know, what would we do differently? And it's like, trick question, you would do exactly what you did already in the future. I mean... You've right. already done it. So yeah, you're just, it's, it's, it's doomed. Um, which, and, and it was very funny because in, in Time Lapse, there's a whole little section where he's like, you know, I must have painted that picture to get him to come down here, but why would I have done that? Oh, because he's got the keys in his pocket and now I can escape the basement room. Mm-hmm. And it was totally that scene from Bill and Ted's. Remember the keys. Remember the keys. Yeah. And then he goes outside and he gets a bucket and fills it with water. It's like, remember the trash can. Remember the trash yeah. can. Because Bill and Ted's is exactly the same kind of causality in in play you know i mean nothing changes they haven't changed history by bringing these guys forward for an evening in san dimas right they've just it it was always that way you know and because he intended to go steal his dad's keys he had always stolen his dad's keys and look there they are behind the sign you know i mean it works out because that it already happened right right although i feel like you know Bill and Ted's obviously is a comedy and is obviously not. Oh, I don't. But I no, don't no, know. shut up. I'm not done is with my though? appointment. Yeah. <laughs> is it though? But I mean, like for them, actually intentionality matters where they're like, remember the keys, remember the keys. And then they drop out of the sky. That was just a mnemonic device so that he could remember the keys, which he did. I get, Clearly. I, yes, I get that's how that worked. I am just saying there's no universe in which these fucks in time uh, lapse, lapse uh, would stand in a room and be like, remember the keys, and then it would happen in the future. Like, there, <laughs> it, it's not a playful universe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this, is, this is not a playful story in which you can be like, you know, I'm going to be, you know what I, like, because yeah. that, that's why that scene is so goddamn funny. Is it like Remember just it? All it takes is intentionality. Right. But the thing about time lapse is there was zero intentionality about him painting that picture. The only reason he painted it is because it was in the photo. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying. While he's painting it, he's like, "What the fuck? Why am I doing this? Nothing changed because his girlfriend switched out the photos of her having sex with the other guy to it being a crime scene." And mm-hmm. nobody was like, "Oh my god, it's a crime scene." Mm-hmm. They were like, "Oh, thank God they didn't sleep together in the window," and. At no point was he like, why did I paint this picture? And he didn't even realize why he had painted that picture until he was in the room, which means the picture itself had no intentionality whatsoever. I mean, it did happen to cause the events that happened, but he didn't, he wasn't aware of his own intentionality until after the fact. Well, that's what I'm which saying. Is like that, and it's the problem of, I don't know if you remember the movie The Final Countdown. Oh, Jesus God. But who built the you, Nimitz? Are you going to start in with the, like, <laughs> I, who, what did you, you, what did you call Nimitz? it? You were like, this is... This is Time Paradox, an aircraft carrier form. No, I'm sorry. The... The grandfather paradox and aircraft carrier porn. Yeah, only without the grandfather paradox. It was really just aircraft carrier porn. Yeah. But anyway, but my, my point being, though, is that, like, these paintings that he's making are are being invented by time. Like, he doesn't have that idea. He's given that idea by the photo of him having already done it, right? I mean, that's the paradox, is that you can't do anything but that. And well, then, and, and then I it, guess... it just sort of happens that they do it all like that until he gets the keys. And then you're sort of like, but when you painted that, 
you only painted it because you saw the picture of it. And the only reason that picture happened was because you saw the picture of it. I well, mean, it's and like, that's, it's and that's, and that's I think, ultimately what kind of is the downfall of thinking about this movie too much. <laughs> is Is that, you know, they keep sort of wondering aloud. They're like, I wonder what we did to result in me kissing um, Jasper in the window. And it's like, um, I don't wonder. I know it's because you saw the fucking picture of it. Right. Like, no, no, no. So like, so right. And so I'm just saying that like, like they're wondering like what the thought process is. And it's like, you know what the thought process is. Like, this is kind of, I mean, this is ultimately like, I think it ultimately gets into a sort of like, ridiculous uh disaster area of consequences because like i mean at at that point you should just stop looking at the pictures yeah just destroy the machine well and they should have done that from the start because this is never going to end well i mean yeah i I mean mean, if the best they can come up with is what greyhounds are going to run faster than other greyhounds and this is already this is the the other issue is like you know it's like you take primer where these fuckers invent a goddamn time machine in their garage and then they do all this dumbass shit with it you know what i mean like you could literally have a nobel prize you could be i don't even know what you could do but like i like you could do anything you wanted to do yeah I mean, you could do so much you would be the most important person on the planet shit and also actually scarier shit i mean that's the thing is that like if you spend any time at all thinking about the the sort of uh, possibilities of this of of timey wimey things because I'm not even going to say this is time travel. This is just having like a sense of predestination, right? Right. right. That's um, cool. But like you know the the sort of horrific possibilities of these things are are enormous. Well, and I think that's what the movie <laughs> is about. Ultimately, it's a litmus test for who the people in the photographs are. Right. I mean, it's it they each see in it some. I mean. It's, the reflection of themselves right and this movie is so filled with irony like that where it's like mm-hmm. you know don't get caught at the window she tapes up this picture mm-hmm. because if she gets caught at the window then because, you know, bad and things because happen she... and it's like while she's taping up the picture she gets caught at the window i mean and, it, right. and then the, the thing falls off so she can't go back right. and change things because things can't be changed well because well she just doesn't understand how events will arrange such that nothing will change right Right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty messy. I actually, I really appreciate this movie because it, um, my, my stepmom has this idea of, uh, which I, I really enjoy, which is the little movie, Mm -hmm. which is a movie that sets out to do some little thing. Yeah. And then it totally does it like a boss. Yeah. And it's like, not, (laughs) It's not, you know, it's not a big movie. Yeah. You know, it's not taking on whatever, and it's not, you know, full of amazing writing. It's just like, what if not... you had a Polaroid that could take a picture of the future? Right, exactly. And then, and then you... There's your movie. There's your movie. But it's not just that, though. It's, because it does, it does do that with, like, a boss, right? Yes. But it also has these, like, three characters who are, you know, they're, they're thin, but they are absolutely coherent. <laughs> and they, they, and you know, their motivations are legible and they, mm-hmm. they, it's like, if you guys keep going and well, they, they changed the ish, they just became more themselves. Right? right. Because you have, you have uh Jasper who's a betting piece of shit yeah. who is also an asshole. Yeah. And then you have the inattentive boyfriend who is like all cut up in his like, 
you know, I want to be a painter, but I don't know what to paint. And then you have her, the girlfriend, who is um, an unbelievable. Maybe if I clean the house more, he'll right? She's a she's a people pleaser. (laughs) She's a people pleaser who is not who has is just not you know not not having her needs met. No, absolutely not. And so you know, and so you take these sort of. You know, these character traits, you know, in a normal living situation just results in people arguing about who's going to, you know, clean the toilet or whatever. But you throw in this sort of thing and and all they all like it all becomes the worst possible expression of their personalities. Yeah. Like they all become like the worst possible. Right. Because the Jasper character ends up getting in deep with his um, bookie. And that brings like a level of violence into their lives that they're not prepared for. Yeah, and all of a sudden there are a couple of dead bodies that they have to account for at some point, but they're not thinking about that far in the future. No, and then and the and the boyfriend is all like revitalized and is like, yeah, I can paint again until the uh, pictures get cut off, and then he loses his you know ability to paint again. Yeah, because who was painting? I mean, he was painting, but where did the ideas come from? Right, nowhere. Oh my god! I just, Nimitz. I just want to go set his bed on fire. Yeah, that guy is terrible. Yeah, um, and then and then her stuff. Well, and because that's the other kind of wrinkle on the whole thing is that, like, we we as the viewers are led to believe that there's only an eight p.m. photo. Right throughout the but movie, the, there has right, only been at the at the end. The reveal is that there has been an eight a.m. photo. That the girl has been using to talk to herself. Yeah, because Callie finds a photo that says hide the first week's day photos. Mm-hmm. So that then she has a mechanism by which she can, like in Primer, mm-hmm. I'm going to take this time machine back in time and set it up so that I have a fail safe so that right. I can keep going back in time over and over again. Like that's her fail safe is to like write herself messages at 8 a.m. Right, right. Get up early because those two slackers. Are- Failed painter and a druggie are not getting up no, early. No, not even a little. Yeah, but yeah. So the the thing that's interesting about this this movie, like Bill and Ted's, which is also about strict causality, um, is uh, Time Crimes, which is also a, a strict causality movie where where um, the, the time is immutable. Things will happen the way they happened. You can't change time. You can only participate in it. Even if you have a time machine, you're only you already had the time machine in the future and you keep going along that path i enjoyed time crimes but it doesn't have the same like it's very you know i mean i just talked about a little movie but like this is even this is even littler yes because it's a very small because it um you know it it's it's almost like an outer limits or something. Yeah, like that. it is. But because it's... because it's you know you you follow a dude through his day and then these sort of weird inexplicable things happen which end in him uh, inside of a time machine which is kind of like a big um, tub full of gross Fluid. liquid yeah. and then you put the lid on the tub and then. It comes off, and then he's in the past. I don't think the fluid's really necessary because it, at least one of his time travels, he just jumped in there. And it's super liquid. gross. Anyway, so um, and then and then he does it again, and then he does it again, and, and each time and, with the purpose. You know, the first time it was because he was being shepherded into it by the guy who had just seen his future self get out of it, so he right. knows 
that he must have put that guy in there in the first place. Right. So, you know, that, right. that so, happens. Yeah, so the, so the first guy goes in, and then the second guy forces the first guy in, and then the third guy tries to fix all of the things he so fucked up. So he willingly up. goes in to fix things. Yeah, to fix all of the things that he feels like. Because he needs to go back in time and tell the guy to take the guy out. Don't be surprised when that guy pops out of your time machine. Right, well, right. I should say that, so there's a guy who's just like a... Schlo- there's Hector 1, 2, and 3. Right, so there's Hector who lives in this, uh, you know, kind of suburban house. Um, and then there's his wife. There's very few people in this Story. Yeah, there's like four people in four the story. Four people. Um, and then, you know, then there's the guy who is running the time machine. I don't know that we ever get his name. Doesn't really no. matter. He's the time machine. He's the machine. director. He's, right. He's the time machine guy. Um, and so, yeah, so Hector, like, runs through time three different, you know, goes back in time three different times. And uh, at which point... Um, he sort of sits in a chair on his lawn and sort of, <laughs> I guess, thinks about what he's wrought. I mean, it's such just a for the police to show it's, up. I mean, but it's such a disaster. Just like in time lapse, though. Initially, they are arranging events because they believe that the causality of time must be preserved, or bad things will happen. Which I thought was interesting because with Hector. And I don't think I've seen this in any other time movie. The first time he comes, you know, he comes back, he's like, who's that guy in my house? The, <laughs> Hector 2 is like, who's that guy in my house? And the guy's like, that's fucking you. And he's like, no, there's some guy who's canoodling with my goddamn wife. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but that's you, idiot. Like, <laughs> Right, because it's like, I mean, it takes you a while to really understand that this is a but I, of the future. I thought it was... I thought that was kind of hilarious, though. I mean, yeah. and I, unfortunately, the the movie like like drops it really quickly and just has him try to enact like enact what happened. Right. But like, I think that it would be a really funny story in like, who's that fucking guy messing right. with my wife right now, and have yeah. him like like roar in there and just be a whole huge dick about it. Which or he kind of does. It's just that he's covered in a bloody bandage at the time, and he doesn't realize that that's him. Even though at right, that point but that's... we do, but whatever. But that's the, the the thing. The thing about the movies is though that it's the it's the immutability of time, right? So like when it initially happens, they start out by trying to preserve causality because they're worried that bad things will happen if you don't. Right. And by the end, they are trying to preserve their skins because they know. Speaking of the inevitability of time, mm-hmm. bad shit's about to happen. How can you mitigate the disaster? Mm-hmm. And. For time lapse, the mitigation of the disaster is like leads to her like ultimately shooting her boyfriend, thinking that she can get out of it, not understanding the immutability of time. Like for some reason, she's just sort of conjured up this fantasy that time isn't immutable. Well, because they, and then when the when, so, the when the note falls, that is supposed to like if she had only seen the note in a picture the day before, then none of this would have happened, but that can't happen because it already happened, then, you know, that sort of puts the lie to that. And and same thing with the guy, where it's like, he's you only got Hector. one... Hector, yeah, he's only got one course of action at this point, and that's to dress up the other girl as his wife and throw her off the roof. Like, like put her in that position of falling off the roof, because he's he just needs to make it look to him like it's his wife, because that's what he thought it was before. 
Even right. though his, he knows his wife is fine, but he also knows that this chick is going off the roof. I actually, I kind of have an open question with time lapse, which is the one with the with the kids and the in the, the future, the camera, future camera. Um, so at first they believe that. So John Reese Davy is like, like a good scientist actually has like a diary, like he's keeping a, a diary with notes about what's going on in each of the things. Right. And his last entry. Actually, there's something kind of beautifully, like, gothic about that. You know what I mean? Like, because, like, the gothic story is always like, here, I'm going to read this, like, epistolary. Right. You know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Aww. Anyway, so he he wrote in, a, in his diary, like, I've seen something in the window that leads me to believe that I'm about to die. And then he, you know, the reason they're reading it is because he's actually gone off and died and like um like i don't understand what he saw to make him think he died because he actually died by accident in um a in the in his storage room yeah well what he saw was the photo of the painting of the the hose in a glass bottle why did he see that that was the the photo that the Dr. Heidecker had gotten from him. That oh, is that right? This is the one that made me think because his hat was in it and there was a big blood spatter. And he's like, "They've probably killed me." So what I need to do is, oh, like, I'm sorry, I did get this this thorium you know jar off of the you know whatever or the the hose off of the 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 shelf, which then you know causes an accident, which makes the thorium jar explode, which. I'm not sure that thorium gas would desiccate you like a corpse like that, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's he's really the, he's the, really like juicy. Yeah, he's he's um, he's a he's a mummy, and then and that sort of sets it in motion. I don't know what about that made him think he was going to die, but you know, I mean, like you know, only he would know that that coil, what that coil was. Like, why would the building manager know, and why would he paint it, and why would his hat be in there? Like, he's definitely connected to that. It's not just him taking pictures of. The you know peeping tom neighbor, uh, okay, Callie doing yoga okay, anymore. yeah, no, I'm sorry, like I I didn't understand that, like watching the movie, I didn't, I had because it doesn't make any sense. Dots. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I don't know. Looking at that, you'd be like, oh, I'm gonna die. It's like, well, I, I went over to their house, they shot some other guy, and I left my hat there, and then he painted a picture. I mean, like none of it makes any sense until it happens, and then you realize why it happened. Except for in. In his case, he never really realized why it happened because he died falling off of the ledge and then got desiccated by thorium gas, I guess. Um, but anyway, but so they see his desiccated corpse and they believe that he has died because he's tried to avoid his fate. Right, which, which causes which them to actually try ultimate, to preserve causality. Ultimately, he has died because he tried to avoid his fate. Well, he was always going to. I mean, it's the same thing as in time crimes, right? I mean, he was always going to try and stop himself by going back in time, mm -hmm. you know, because that's the thing. It's like you always think that that if you can just get back earlier in time, you can stop it. But you're just setting and a that, different and that's actually causality to, to I mean, you're just part of that causality at an earlier time. That actually kind of legitimately makes uh, time crimes as a movie is that. Um, is going back the third time. Yeah, that because was, that the, was a the first twist. time I was just like, "Why are you even doing any of this?" Like, yeah. because the the problem with the second iteration is that at first he's like, "Who's this fucking guy?" 
And then he's like, actually, now I'm totally committed to this, making all of this weird shit happen. Because a lot of the weird shit that happens are like, there's like a woman, she like, and cause he's sitting in his, um, backyard being a creeper with, um, binoculars. Right. And he sees a woman, she like takes off her shirt and she's got some really nice boobs. Yeah, she does. And then he sees some people running around. And then he's like, I need to go investigate. That's right. what makes him so, go investigate. So he goes and investigates and, you know, he uh, finds the woman completely nude and lying in a, in a, like unconscious. In a in, unconscious nude, lying in a clearing. And then he gets stabbed by somebody and runs away. And like, you know, all of that was him. Right. Right. So he's the one who it, it's a cyclist. Right. So he finds a cyclist and is like, okay, you have to go over here and take your shirt off. And I was like, oh, great. So you, like, so a minute ago you thought, who's this asshole kissing my wife? And now you're like, <laughs> I'm so committed to this time on paradox situation that I'm going to sexually assault. Well, if she doesn't take her fucking... shirt off, he's never going to leave his backyard. Okay, but... And he'll never be there all Yeah, but I'm not. just saying that it was like a pretty, like, it was a pretty easy switch for him to be like, you know what's going to be sweet? I'm going to sexually assault this lady. <laughs> it's going to be great. That's awful. Yeah. Well, and then he kills her. It's like... It's awful. It's not called time crimes for no reason. <laughs> so, initially, the first, the first pass is, um, what is this weird thing happening? Mm-hmm. The second pass is, oh my god, it's timey-wimey. In order to fix this, I have to continue along this path carefully, but then I will manage the results of it at some point and and everything will turn out okay. And then you realize that now you are locked into this because time is immutable and you're not going anywhere but where you were already going and there's yep. nothing you can do to fix it or not. You are already on this path like that your your desire to fix it has led you to the the inevitable conclusion where everybody dies or goes to jail. Yeah, yeah, it's. Whereas in, in Bill and Ted's, it was a lot funnier <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, and and the fact that they came back, they came back like when they first meet themselves, they come back and they're like Rufus. But why are we here? We are supposed to be tomorrow, and he's like, "Time passes normally for you here." Right. And so this is why you have come back in time here, which is is just the the movie's way of proving the immutability of time. They were always going to pop out and see themselves with Rufus because they had already done it. They were always going to. Yeah, and like the whole like don't forget to wind your watch is doomed because like Keanu's never going to wind his watch. And that's the thing about about time lapse that I thought was really fascinating that if you were really sharp eyed, you could tell that the photo of her screwing Jasper in the window had to have been taken way before any of this stuff happened because the old analog clock is behind them, not the digital clock that they replaced it with when the bookie destroyed it with the baseball. Oh, huh. And like, and I didn't even notice it until the second time through because I was like, Oh, that's why like you should have known, you know, but I was looking for stuff like that. And, and the, the, like the thing that really bugged me because you've seen, you've, I'm sorry. So you've seen both of these movies before. Yes. Do you have like another life? Do you have a time machine? Because I yes. feel like I'm around a lot. Like I live with you <laughs> and I don't see shit like these movies. 
I have no explanation for that other than I saw a note scrawled in the window that told me to watch these movies. <laughs> no, it's really it's, a long time it's ago. It's notable uh, that the shit you see and that I don't. <laughs> They're all time travel movies, huh? huh. Go figure. Huh. Moving on. <laughs> I thought it was really fascinating that when he, he went into Mr. Bezarita's apartment, the the Bezarides. Yeah, Bezarides. It's a Bezaridi type. <laughs> not a derogatory type. I'm sorry, daguerreotype. It's not derogatory type. It's a daguerreotype. So he goes into the apartment and he's 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 such a hipster wearing his suspenders and vests or whatever. So he's wearing suspenders going in. They have they're very thin with stripes. And when he's in there, the suspenders are suddenly white and wider. And I'm like, boy, that's really weird i mean i know that this is the second time through the movie so i know it's it's just a it's a continuity problem it has nothing to do with the movie i was gonna say but i was like this freaks me out now because i because i was looking for the digital versus analog clock in that photo because i knew that that was coming right you know that i knew that she was sending herself messages to the future and i knew that that photo had actually been taken earlier and so i was like oh Oh my God! I'm looking for the clock in this thing because that's that's what ties it all together. Are the little tiny details, mm-hmm. but the little tiny detail of suspenders just threw me off. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that's definitely one of those like if you're gonna have a if you're gonna make a movie that's dependent on like timey wimey shit and mm-hmm. tiny details, you need to have your continuity person like absolutely fucking uh, like ice cold glacial on point. Yeah. And they kind or just of... reshoot the scene with, as soon as you notice that he's wearing the wrong suspenders. Don't be like, oh, nobody will notice. Yeah, which is funny because they got the rest of it right. Because he's got this yeah. gross shirt on with like stains on the it front. Was the right like, shirt. why are you gross? And yeah, and then... I mean, otherwise the continuity was pretty good. But yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of what I liked about it was that it's you know you're right. It is a small. It's a it's a small movie. Little. A little movie. Little but movie. It's, but it's. Um, it's well constructed like and like time crimes you know i mean it's it's just it wraps itself up in this nice little bow at the end of a little causality bow where you're like this is really neat i mean like now i understand how we got where we were going (laughs) i mean because at the time you're like how are we gonna get there and then you're as the movie unfolds you're like oh oh god boy that sucks i never want to yeah i I mean i feel i feel like there were (laughs) there were some shortcuts in um time lapse i feel like you know like the kiss him in the window thing was a little shortcutty because there there wasn't actually a natural um reason for that to happen there wasn't a natural reason for any of those paintings to happen that's the whole point is that it was it was staged because it happened in the yeah, photo no, and I, so they made it happen i mean but I, it's, like, it's just I, being I'm, more bald-faced about I, it right i guess i guess that's what i'm saying though is that like i'm willing to sort of like pass off like artistic shit more than i'm going to pass off the like smooch in your roommate that you don't okay well i have a question for you then okay who built the nimitz <laughs> i mean there's no difference between I, you know, that kiss do you, those paintings do you and know, the existence do of you, the nimitz do you know what hurts my feelings what the the fact that that movie keeps being relevant to our conversations <laughs> because it's the inevitable Immutability of time. The inevitable immutability of that aircraft (laughs) So, speaking of (laughs) inevitable immutability, um, I definitely think that both of uh, Time Lapse and Time Crimes are 
fairly like middling to high on the rewatchability scale only because um, I've seen them before mm-hmm. and I would totally watch them again. I mean, they're good movies. I, I, I really like them. I like mm-hmm. the characters, I like character development. I think that I would probably watch time lapse again in a way that I maybe won't watch time crimes. Well, again. and and part of that has to do with like like the subtitles. Subtitles. <laughs> like I'm just going to admit to being lazy as fuck. The, the subtitles. The su- what? You, you know, like it's not subtle. You don't it's... pronounce the b in subtitles. Oh my god, dude. It's, it's too subtle. You have to stop talking. That's my subtitle joke. Anyway, so yeah, I'm a little bit lazy and I don't want to read yeah and and that was kind of why i didn't want to see it but i did remember spanish boobs and i was like well i guess i'll see it again they're they're really nice boobs they really are i gotta say so yeah (laughs) i mean i guess that makes it more rewatchable but yeah so i i mean i I did i did like both of the movies and they did happen to like really fit the um kind of the bill and ted's causality together yeah which is but I mean, well, I know you have this thing where it's like, but Bill and Ted's was a comedy, and it's like, I mean, aren't our lives a comedy? <laughs> to someone else. I mean, there are lots of funny time machine movies, like Hot Tub Time Machine. No, that's only oh. funny because I'm mad about it yeah. when you're watching it. You hate laughed through that I, whole I did. Movie. I did. I completely. You sp- hate laughed at the I whole sp- thing. It was like a complete spite house. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah, fuck that movie. No, I don't need to watch that one again. But I, I, I'd probably see Time Lapse again just because I want to go back and see some of the photos and some of what happened. Yeah. You know, and, and parts of it, like... And actually, I mean, I, I kind of actually thought both of them, like, the actors acquitted themselves. You know, because sometimes, yeah. sometimes with these little movies, like, the actors are like... That's... Especially when the director's one of the actors and you're like, oof, yeah. you know, you're not Orson Welles. Right, yeah, you need to, like, you be. not do that anymore but even ed wood didn't act in his own movies yeah he did Ooh, yeah he was like glenn or glenda he was yeah, totally like even ed wood. glenn or glenda but yeah anyway no I, but these guys i thought did a you know a totally fine job like i completely believe that they were a bunch of assholes <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was yeah i thought it was it was pretty well done if i were casting this movie it would have been viggo mortensen as the the bookie Vin Diesel is his his other guy. No, um, I would. It would have been Heather Graham a... as Callie, <laughs> and it would have been. Um, uh, oh my God! Now I'm blanking on his name. It was um, Neil Patrick Harris as the painter. No, he would have been so much better. No, and, and I would have written it as a comedy. <laughs> it would have been like Three's Company. Okay. It would have been a Three's Company hijinks okay, I gotta, where I gotta say, with a Polaroid camera. Speaking of, of little movies, this movie is too little. <laughs> this is not okay. Yeah, but Viggo Mortensen would be in it, so it would be really cool. It would be great. Yeah. yeah it would be okay. Great. Well, anyway. anyway, so I think that yeah, this was a really fun exercise in movies about predestination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel very Calvinist. It does. Yeah. Because it, like, forced me to look up the um, unconditional elect, and I was like, yeah, this doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I like Calvinism, though, because you, I don't. I mean, you don't have any responsibility to do anything. You're already saved, and there's nothing you can do or to not. stop that. Either one. It's immutable. And, you know? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. No, it's totally just, like, whatever. Yeah. Just do whatever. You're Calvinism. Gonna, you're going to go to hell or not. <laughs>
LOL. Yeah, but I'm not going to hell. No, obviously not. <laughs> All right, high five. High five.